This is the Scamp Life Podcast, a weekly show for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kurt Jackson, Chris Callow, and Kelly Cook. Now it's time for another entertaining episode exploring the fantastical world of summer camp. All right, welcome back to the Scamp Life Podcast. All right, I'm really excited about this episode. We are talking about nine unique summer camp ideas, and each of us will go over three. So I'm going to, I guess I'll start off. My first one we've talked about a, a few times on this podcast. I have run a workshop online of this. You can still uh, get it. Just go to scamp-life.com to get that workshop, but it's mystery trails. And this is very unique because I don't know of camps that are running mystery trails. I mean, maybe they are now that we've talked about it so much and uh, there is, you know, workshop slash course on it. Basically they are a combination of like an escape room, scavenger hunt outdoors, so the group will get a booklet and that booklet gives them a mission or they are trying to figure out who done it or they are looking for where a treasure is buried. But it all starts with that booklet. And in that booklet, it tells them what the kind of the storyline is. And then it goes into the clue. It takes your, the group from place to place on camp and they solve clues and are solving the mystery along the way. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You're outdoors. You are going kind of on a hike and you're solving puzzles. And I love mystery trails, but it is very unique. So that's why it's number one on my list. Cool. Yeah. My unique idea is fun fire food, the triple F. And so having, I, everyone has the normal s'mores at camp. I think that's kind of a common thing, but can you mix it up? Can you make it a little more exciting than just s'mores? Because like a lot of things, camp stuff has been taken and done everywhere. So kids are having s'mores at home with mom and dad. So what can you do fun to make your fire food a little more fun? And so there's several different ideas that are cool. One of the things we had hoped to do last year and didn't get a chance to, so we're doing right now, is kettle corn over the fire. We got a big pot, um, and you put in your, your oil. Uh, we like to buy the Orville Redenbacher one that comes with butter. And so you put in your oil, you throw in your popcorn kernels, and you stir like you've never stirred before, and you're just constantly stirring. Um, it's a great workout. Uh, we saw this done at a camp and they actually used an oar, like a clean one, obviously not one used in a lake, but used an oar and they just kept stirring. And then the popcorn starts popping and it's exciting and it's flying out everywhere. And it's, it's just cool. And then you dump in your sugar, you dump in your salt, uh, just kind of a fun fire food that that's really exciting to do. Another neat grease fires. Uh, we've never had any, so I don't know. Oh, I, I have. <laughs> Get a bigger pot, I guess, Kelly. I, I guess a... that's what was needed. Yes, I had a staff member do this a few years ago and came over to me and was like, oh, what do I do about a grease fire? I'm like, is it contained? And they're like, yeah. I was like, okay, let it burn. Yeah. No, I, you need a bigger pot. We've never had any of the grease. Yep, I, think here, that, so. I think that's what the issue was. They use an old uh, coffee can for their, oh, yeah, like a big so kitchen coffee can. Yeah. And your fire might be a little too big. You need to cook it over coals, not so fire, fire. I can't remember what they did, but yeah. grease fire happened. Um, 
another fun fire food we do is pudgy pies. Uh, the pudgy pie makers. Um, I actually bought mine at Menards. I don't know. I'm sure you can get them on Amazon. They look like little square cast iron things on a stick. And uh, the way you make a pudgy pie is you have, you butter your bread and then you put, put the bread butter side on the cast iron thing, pour in a, just a little bit. You don't need a whole lot, but pour in some kind of fruit filling. Uh, I really like blackberry. That's my favorite. Apple's good, cherry. And then you butter another side of the bread to go on top. So it's kind of like a grilled cheese sandwich with the butter side on the outside. Close your pudgy pie. And this is another one you stick over the coals. You don't stick it over fire because it burns too fast. Um, and then you cook your pudgy pie comes out, let it cool, put on some ton of whipped cream. And that's tasty. We like to do that. And then also we do another fun fire that food that we do is we actually do s'mores differently. And so we don't do the graham cracker and chocolate. We learned this from our special needs camp that comes out here. They buy the uh, fudge round cookies. And so it's the little uh, Keebler cookies that have like the chocolate on the bottom that kind of have the fudge on the bottom already. And so we cook our s'mores or cook our marshmallows just like normal. And then we give the campers two cookies to squeeze over. So you don't have the graham cracker. You don't have the chocolate. You just have the two cookies. I think it tastes better but also makes it a little bit easier to work with. But having some fun fire food other than just normal s'mores can really kind of be a unique thing to your camp. And yeah. actually that's a great segue because I have takes on different s'mores as well as one of my, my unique ideas. Uh, so s'mores cones. So instead of a yeah. graham cracker, we are using an ice cream cone, uh, uh, which is great. There is more sugar included because an ice cream cone is bigger than your just a one marshmallow and some chocolate because uh, you want to fill that ice cream cone but you wrap it in tin foil and keep it upwards like an ice cream cone when you stick it on the fire so make sure you have a rock or a log that is not about to burn through to to lean it up against otherwise you're going to end up with a very very big mess if it ends up falling over uh, but s'mores cones and then I am a huge fan of banana boats Mm -hmm. uh, which are you slice open a banana still in its peel and you stuff it with chocolate and marshmallow. I also like to do peanut butter. So if you are not a peanut free camp, uh, feel free to feel free to throw some peanut butter in there. Um, otherwise I just use peanut butter when I'm at home and I make it on my grill. Uh, but different s'mores ideas. I've also seen using candy bars, uh, instead of chocolate. And I know I've seen somewhere there is now a chocolate infused marshmallow, uh, Ooh. out there as well. All right. Well, my next one is pillow fights. Um, <laughs> are we at a sleepover? Um, I mean, we could be, but basically <laughs> a pillow fight up. is different in Japan than it might be here. And so this is not dodgeball. It's a pillow fight. I wrote a whole blog post on this at summercamppro.com. Basically, you have teams of five and they're set up like dodgeball, like you're going to play dodgeball. And they all start off down on their sleeping bags with their pillows. And at the sound of the whistle, they get up and they throw their pillows. There are basic rules. So you got five players. Everyone starts in that sleeping position. The teams have to stay on their own court. A player uh, is out if a pillow hits him or her, uh, even if they catch the pillow. So it, it's a little different than dodgeball. So if they catch it, they're still out. 
and they have to go back to sleep for the remainder of the game. They can't get off the court. If a pillow hits two players, only the first one hit is out. One player can play defensive position. So they have like their sleeping bag as a shield. And so they could go around and, and deflect pillows. Headshots are okay. Uh, they're pillows. And then you're basically, you're trying to get the captain out, the boss or the captain out. And that's the goal. Then the game is over. But the captain can do, only once can do what's called teacher is coming. So they say, teacher is coming. And the referee blows a whistle and says, teacher is coming. Everybody has to get in a sleeping position. And the captain of the team who called it can go around and collect all the pillows for their side. Uh, so each team can do that once. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a pillow fight. Interesting. Very unique. Do the campers use their own pillows? Uh, you could use your own pillows. Uh, in the Japanese version, there are, they do sell like pillows that are specifically for yeah. this that don't have like zippers that don't have. Mm -hmm. So you can't, yeah, you don't want anything that has zippers or anything I like got that. This but... neck pillow thing. I, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, if I'm hitting a kid with it, they're going down. They're going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably best not to use that. Um, but yeah, if you, if you want kind of more information or if you want to see a video on it, Go to uh, go to my blog and check it out. It's pretty cool. Cool. My next idea is for your staff. And so a couple different things to kind of take care of your staff. Um, and one of the things we do here, um, we are an overnight camp. And sometimes we have staff from all over the state or even all over the nation um, staying. And so on the weekends, they get they have nothing's going on. We don't have campers here. And so we started doing staff family weekends. And that's where, you know, you kind of become a family during the summer. And so you do stuff together without campers, something fun on the weekends, whether that's driving down the Six Flags or that is um, trading another camp for something fun. So we go to another nearby camp and do their high ropes course one weekend. And then another weekend, that other camp would come here and do something of ours that we would run for them. And so, but having kind of some fun staff family stuff to do together so you stay close as a staff another way to take care of your staff um, if you have full-time kind of year-round staff can you do something nice for their kids and so work out with another camp like hey we have whatever five staff kids here can we send them to your camp for a week and then you send your staff's kids to my camp for a week? And so you trade those weeks of camp. You don't have to, you don't have to pay. And then I know it's always weird for me because I have way too many children, but sending them to another camp is really nice so that, because otherwise like my daughter thinks she's the princess of camp good news and that she gets to do whatever she wants because her dad's in charge. But when she goes to another camp, they shouldn't have that kind of power. And so, but trading that with the camp, doing something nice for your staff. Another way you can do something nice is for your teen staff, your younger staff. Um, if they're old enough to attend a week of camp, can you, you, know, you can say to them, hey, you work for me all summer. And then this week you will get off to attend camp free. Or if they're too old, you can even offer, hey, if you work for me all summer, you can have one free week of camp that you can give to a cousin or a family or a friend or something like that. Um, but just taking care of your staff, I think that's an important thing to do and having some different unique ways of doing it. Uh, don't be afraid to spend a little money on them too. Give a, you know, 
working in your budget, but do something nice for your staff, especially if they're there all summer. How can you work that out nice for them? Hey, hey, Kirsch, come here, look. Look what I took. What is that? That's a really cool idea for a camp. Oh, that is a cool idea. We need more. Yeah, I got a bunch. I stole them all from other camps. Where are they? I put them all in this book collection called Steal This, and it's a bunch of different ideas for camp. We got everything from social distance games to camp in a box to virtual ideas to even crafts. That's awesome. Where can I find out more? Okay, but don't tell anybody. PatchworkMarketplace.com PatrickMarketplace.com? Yeah, and when you get there, search Steal This, and you're going to see a bunch of ideas. But don't say anything. Mom's the word. Let's go. My next one is a parent's night for day camps. With, you know, overnight camps, sometimes those longer overnight camps, they do a parent's day where they can come out and see camp. Well, for day camp, we, we bust a lot of our kids and we don't really want parents here during the day while camp is happening. So can't do it this year, but we're hoping to next year do an evening, like a barbecue where we invite the parents to come out. They get here about the time of, of checkout would be. So any campers who do not have their parents coming, they can just get on the bus and go home. But for those parents who are here, we, you know, we barbecue burgers and hot dogs. We open up some of the activities. So say that's like the zip line, the rock wall, archery and arts and crafts. And maybe we continue doing pony rides because we have the horses, but parents can come out and they kind of get to experience camp, but also see what their kids have been doing for the last week. Uh, and it can be something I'm envisioning it to be like on a Thursday or Friday night. So the second to last or last day of the week, but just a really fun time for the parents to come out and experience camp with their child. I think it'd be awesome. And then you don't have to have parents coming and going throughout the day. And plus it's day camp. So they do get to see their, you know, they go home at the end of the day. It's not like they're, they're away from mom and dad for eight weeks uh, of the summer, but yeah, it, it's something fun. Are you planning to do that every, every week? I think so. Uh, most of our kids are one week campers. We do have a mm. handful of kids who are here for the full summer or two weeks but we are moving towards a one week schedule in the past. They've done two week schedules, uh, but we're moving towards one week just because we have the bulk of our kids are one week kids. I know some camps do the like presentation on the last day and mm -hmm. all the parents come and watch whatever, you know, to play or whatever they've done. Um, and I was like, Oh man, that sounds like it'd take a lot of work to prepare those kids. So I like the idea of just a barbecue and open the activities more yeah. than that. And then the parent and the parent at that point, like we'll have the parent check out the kids so that the parent assumes the responsibility of the, the, the child. And then the counselors then become more of program staff for that evening, as opposed to taking kids around because those kids who don't have parents there are already at home. The parents who are there have signed their child out so that they resume yeah. liability of the camper. Cool. Cool. All right. My next one is the hero's journey. And we talked about this mm -hmm. uh, episode 44. So if you want to get kind of a detailed uh, list of everything, or you go to, again, go to my blog at summercamppro.com. The idea is that it is kind of taking that hero's journey story 
and applying it to first year campers. And it does kind of lend itself more to the overnight camps than it does to the day camps, but it can, it can be done with day camps as well. And so what do I mean? So the hero's journey is uh, a structure where writers will write a book or a play or a movie. And it starts uh, with stage one, which is the ordinary world and your hero who is the first time camper in this situation uh, starts off and they get a call to adventure. So like, Hey, they learn about camp and they want to go and come to camp. So you can do things like uh, put like brochures together that really kind of takes this hero's journey and puts it up front. So in your brochures, it'd be like, you know, your first time camper can be the hero at camp and that type of thing. Uh, and, and you want to make sure like your website is very adventurous and uh, you can create your camp fair display to be adventurous. And you can even, I mean, not your entire website, but you can have a whole kind of a first time camper website that you give out that is very like, welcome yes. to the adventure. You can have like a certain page. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, for first time campers. And of course, a lot of the campers are going to be like, well, I don't know if I want to go because they're nervous, right? They're nervous mm-hmm. about, am I going to uh, get homesick? Am I going to make mm-hmm. friends? Am I going to be able to do the activities? So stage three is kind of that refusal of the call. They don't want to go. And to answer that, you would have maybe a frequently asked questions page on your website so that campers can just read through those uh, themselves very directed to them. And then there's a step four, crossing the threshold. There's step five, meeting the mentor. Uh, Six, the the test, the allies, enemies. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Again, we did a whole podcast on it. And uh, I've got two blog posts on it. Uh, But putting together a program would be very unique for a camp that is specifically to make the first time campers feel Uh, like they're the hero of their story and to just fall in love with camp and know that it's a safe place and a place they want to be. So I highly suggest listening to that or reading about it. Um, So that's my third one. Yeah. And that podcast was actually one that we said would be great to have counselors and staff listen to as well. And so this is not just a director or full-time staff listening episode. That's a great one for your counselors to, Hey, you guys need to listen to this good training for them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for sure. My last one is, I mean, this is mine. So it deals with food because that's kind of how I am <laughs> having some fun food at your camp, whether that's at mealtime or that's in the, the canteen camp store, but having some fun food. And so we've done some different things. We make, we have a cotton candy machine here at our camp and we've made cotton candy burritos, which is where you, you make the cotton candy, you spread it out so that it's kind of your um, tortilla shell. And then you put in some fun cereal, fruit loops, fruity pebbles, something like that. That gives you a little bit of a base. Oh, it's so it's all sugar. Some ice cream some chocolate whipped cream wrap it up like a burrito oh my goodness uh they are killer but they're good they're so tasty another fun one you can do is uh, honey sticks we buy honey sticks and we have those in our camp store 
And so kids can buy honey sticks. They're a quarter each. They're real cheap and they get some different flavored honey, which is interesting because I didn't realize this till we went to a bee farm and learned about them. They don't actually flavor the honey sticks. They give the bees different flavor that whatever they eat. And then, so they make the honey in huh. that flavor because oh. of what they're eating. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of cool. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I learned something new. And then, yeah. And then something new we have this year is mini donuts. And so if you have a deep air fryer, um, you can make your own little miniature donuts and sugar them up or put uh, icing or stuff on them and sell those in the canteen. That's cool. Or you can, we just got a mini donut maker little orbits yeah to make a bunch of mini it makes like 800 an hour they're so good but they're so good uh (laughs) kurt and i went to a conference and had them and i granted we were starving at the time that we got them but they really are tasty (laughs) that's so so, true but yeah so just Uh, you know well one of the things that you do also is that you make pizzas and they the kids can get their own toppings yep and uh and and we were talking about that because at a camp that I worked at, we actually delivered pizzas to the cabins for one mm-hmm. lunch. And so in the golf cart, we would take their pizza and drink and, uh, and, and deliver it to the cabin. So yeah, yeah. that's fun. All right. My final one is uh, making treats in a, in a hot car. So whether it be, uh, something you can bake. I mean, if you want to test it out with a, a fried egg, like a car, like an too. automobile, automobile vehicle in your car. I've done it in my car. Okay. Tell me more. <laughs> so I did this when I worked at an animal shelter. So we were proving the point of don't leave animals in, in hot cars the summer. Mm. Uh, but this would also be a really great STEM activity too, uh, where we just, we just made dog treats, but we took the temp of the car every hour so that we could see how hot it got. And we did it over a, about a five or six hour time frame, uh, just to see the biggest jump was that initial, you know, start to one hour. So that first hour was your biggest, was your Do biggest. Do you remember how of, hot it gets? It got my car. So my car was in the sun with the windows up. So we had four different vehicles in this experiment. So we had a car in the sun with the windows cracked, a car in the sun with the windows closed, and then the same situation, but in the shade. Because of the the point we were trying to prove about animals in hot cars, we wanted to show that the temperature could still reach high high temperatures, even in, this, in the shade, uh, and even with the windows cracked. So we took temperatures, and the cookies, the dog treats, they baked all the way through in all four cars. Um, wow. Yes. So you could do it as a STEM activity and, and take, you know, estimates onto how hot the car could get. The day I did it, I believe the high was 76 degrees. We were in Idaho, so no humidity. And my car got to about 113. That's ridiculous. In four hours. Crazy. So it's just, a, it's just a fun activity. And if you have you know, vehicles available. We used all staff vehicles. We did not, you know, use, use participants, but if you have, if I'm walking by your car and I see cookies in there in the heat, I'm allowed to break the window and free them and eat them. Right. That's the (laughs) Chris and his dog treats. (laughs) We put them in the dashboard and we just used the infrared thermometers 
Um, this was pre-COVID, so we had a good number of them, especially because we had animal control nearby. So we could also utilize their thermometers that they carried with them to truly test car temps oh. uh, when they go out and find dogs in cars in the summer. But my, my campers were so hyper aware to this a situation, you know, because we were doing this experiment that even at the animal shelter, they noticed three cars that day that people had just left their animals in what? outside the animal shelter. And so, yeah, it was, it proved the point. I mean, the kids got the, you know, the point that this is not safe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that was great. I like that. That's a great idea. Cause it is, you're teaching them a very important life lesson. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen animals in cars when I'm out. Oh, it's terrible down here in Alabama. I like want to break mm-hmm. every car window, especially as the temperatures start getting warmer right now. Wow. Yeah. All right. So I think we have time for a bonus idea from each yeah. of us. Chris, why don't you start our bonus round? Sure. And just a quick idea. This actually I stole from a zoo I was at. And so you they... stole a zoo. I wish I would like to see some animals from some zoos too. Um, I saw this. I thought it was a neat idea because we always have campers. If we find snakeskin, they always think that's so cool here at camp. They want a piece of that snakeskin. And so I saw this at a zoo. They had a whole, um, a gumball machine, but that gives out like the toys. And so, and they had put in those little plastic ball things, whatever they are, they put little pieces of snakeskin. And so campers could drop in a quarter and take home a piece of snakeskin with them if they wanted. I thought that's a great idea. And so I found a gumball machine on eBay for like 40 bucks. Of course and you did. <laughs> those little plastic balls are actually really cheap on Amazon. I think they end up being about a penny each. And then anytime we find snakeskin from our snakes, because we have a gazillion here at camp, uh, Kurt and I have met a few of them, but <laughs> Uh, we'll, you know, we'll tear it up into some good sized chunks, stuff it in those little balls and throw it in the little machine and campers can actually spend a quarter and get some snakes. And they want them. that? They'd like spend? They, it just kind of like how you really wanted animal Yeah, the rabbit fur? Child. The rabbit yeah. pelt, yeah. And so, yeah. My but, dog sheds. I wonder if I can kind of collect yeah. that. <laughs> Start collecting that. Every now and then campers will find an actual snake skin. And so then they, they've hit the jackpot because they didn't have to pay right. for it. They found a whole you know, snake. And so they think that's cool. Interesting. All right, Kelly, what's your bonus one? My bonus one are corkles. They are, if you have not seen them, they are circular kayaks, essentially. And they, you use a kayak paddle with them. They are super fun. They're a little on the pricier side. So it'd be a good thing to just kind of write into your budget during budget planning season. Uh, but they are super, super fun. And kids of all ages can, can use them. And they're awesome. And are you Googling? I'm trying. Cool? And yeah, it, it, they're neat. It, it came up uh, coral. Thanks, Google. It, spell it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you spell it? I believe it's C O R Q L S. Yeah. Is it like coming up for you? Well, you got to do search instead for corkles, probably. That I must tried not be it. it. Nothing, nothing was coming up. I think it's, I think it's spelled like circle, but with a uh, Q. So I think it's C I R Q L S. No, no, I found a C O R C L. Oh, I forgot C. Okay. Oh, look at those. Cute. You have those at camp? We don't have them at this camp. I had budgeted for them for another camp that I worked at and they were awesome and they are still using them today. Really? Yeah. I I hope to put them into my budget for next year or the year after to bring them here because we only have canoes at Pine Ridge. So I want to bring. I feel like we've 
Corbel. We've talked about them on here before because didn't you share that like anyone can do them because there's no, you just go in a circle pretty much. There's yeah. no. They're, and that's what they're great for is because they're, they can be used for uh, all, all abilities. You're like, come yeah. back to shore. I can't. I just yeah. keep going in a circle. <laughs> but they're super fun because I think you can stand up on them too and use them like a mm-hmm. stand up paddle board, but you can also use them as like a kayak or just to sit in and play on. Fun. All right. My uh, bonus one is to hold a camp name ceremony. I think there are a lot of camps that use camp names and have their staff come up with camp names, but not a lot that actually have a very cool ceremony that they do, like Chris and I both have. We actually talked about this in the uh, staff, uh, fun staff training ideas a while back, Kurt. That, oh, we did. All right, go listen to that and you'll see what it's all about. <laughs> it's still unique though. It's unique yeah. to, I think, most camps. And uh, the way I do it is all the lights are off. The person who comes in, which would be a new staff member because they don't have their name uh, yet, they come in blindfolded and they're led into the room and the return staff all have some kind of instrument. And so like, it'll be a, you know, little drum, do don't or a tss, tss, tss. and we do the what's the but we do the uh what's the down from finding nemo and they get up to and it just it grows um, and then they come up to me. I'm in a cloak and I ask them what their name is. They say it. And then everybody votes if it's a good name or a bad name, because not every name will uh, qualify. And if it's a good name, I knight them. Then they take off their blindfold. And they look around. They're like, holy cow, what is going on in here? And we have little candles like the fake candles lit. Uh, very ceremonial. Then they rise, they get their camp shirt with their name tag because somebody's back there writing with a Sharpie on their name tag. And uh, then they get to be part of the audience for the next person. But it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it's very meaningful. I don't, do you do the same way? It's similar. It, mine's a little different. We, it, But yeah, very similar. You make it like a big ceremony. I mean, it's yeah. a big thing. All right. So I think that's all we have for you this week. Thank you so much. Chris, take it away. Yeah. Uh, Just some unique ideas. Make your camp fun. Make it interesting. So from around the campfire, this is Chris. This is Kurt. And Kelly. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. See ya.